Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Christy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. I'm a transformational trainer, speaker, firm mama, and proud wife to a distinguished Navy SEAL. We believe in the motto, never give up, never quit, while doing it all with love. I'll share real talks with experts and thought leaders who offer proven strategies to turn your barriers into success in this unfiltered, transformational, and thought-provoking podcast. Let's do this. In today's episode, we're going to meet Dakesha D. Dean. Now, Dakesha is a certified public speaker, a published author, and self-development mentor. She is an associate trainer with the International Board of Certified Trainers and a certified coach and trainer and speaker with the John Maxwell team. She's the president of Transition Mentorship Program, a youth development program designed to help to build the self-esteem, personal character, leadership, and social skills in young people. But she doesn't stop there. Her philanthropist activities are not limited to just the youth development. You see, after the passing of her mother in October 2017, Dakesha assumed the role of president of the Jeannie Dean Caring and Sharing Cancer Support Group. This group provides support to female cancer patients to enhance their quality of life after diagnosis, during treatment, and while transitioning to life after treatment. Now, in addition to this work, Nikesha works with women who have had traumatic experiences helping them to overcome limitations to live their best lives. Nikesha is the host of the Evolving Woman TV, which is a web-based TV show which focuses on uplifting and encouraging women. Nikesha is the author of four books and also the publisher of the Evolving Woman magazine. Now, after her own near-death experience and devastating hardships, Nikesha realized the powerful process of inner evolution and the beauty of living authentically. Now she is dedicated to helping women boldly claim their purpose and live a fulfilling life. And she is here to tell us all about it. So let's welcome Dakesha D. Dean to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. Hi, Dakesha. Hi, Christy. It's really, really so nice to be here. I'm super excited to share my story with you and to share my story uh, with your listening audience. Just before we begin, I just want to share with you that I smile when I get different variations of my name. And I, I just find that Duquesha is so beautiful. I want to tell you just a little bit about how I came into my name. My mother allowed one of my aunts to name me. And she thought that my mom gave birth to a royal little girl. So she oh. calls me Duquesa, which is Duquesa. actually Spanish for Duchess. Oh, yes. I, you know, I, I respond to many variations of the name. That is an absolute <laughs> beautiful name and it fits you actually perfectly. 
Thank you so very awesome, much. Awesome. Awesome. That is great. Now, Dukesha? Dukesa. 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 That's beautiful. Let us know more about your story. You have an amazing story to share and so many things that you have gone through and transformed your life. And now you are doing huge things in the world, helping so many people. First of all, how do you find the time to do this? It just happens. It just happens. happens. And I guess the beauty of it is that I work full time for myself. So I'm able to manage my own time in full transparency. Some of my businesses get more attention than others because I can't be everywhere at one time. But they all are. They're all things that I'm extremely passionate about. And so I just make it happen. Oh, absolutely. You are making it happen for sure. And you keep elevating and elevating and elevating. So I am so, it was just amazing to see that when I was reading your bio, I'm like, oh my goodness, this woman is absolutely amazing. And she lives in my favorite place in the entire world, which is the Bahamas. Yes. (laughs) She's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Well, start by sharing with our listeners your story, Dakesa. Absolutely. Listen, when I was eight years old, I used to sneak outside of my grandparents' home, sit on the back stairs, and I would just stargaze. I would be looking at the stars, Christy, and anything that moved. It could have been a shooting star, a plane flying by, or a satellite orbiting the Earth. I was making a wish on anything moving in the sky. And I remember at eight years old, I had so many dreams about how I wanted to make an impact in the world, what I would grow up to be how I would support my community because I grew up in a family of people that were all community minded. And so at eight years old, I had all of these dreams, these goals, these aspirations. And at 13, my life just came crashing down. You see, my mom was a teenage mom. And back in the day here in the Bahamas, a very small country, um, once you are a teenage mother at that time, at that stage, some almost 50 years ago, You were not allowed to go back to school to Mm -hmm. complete your school education. Um, And so my mom is essentially scorned by the community because she was a teenage mother. She wasn't exactly certain of how to be the type of mother that she wanted for me. And so she allowed my great-grandmother to be my primary nurturer. So my great-grandmother was my primary nurturer from age zero to 13. And during those years, I was affirmed and validated, loved, supported. My great-grandmother would walk me to school. I remember many days we would walk hand in hand to school. She would cook my favorite meal, which, believe it or not, was cream tea and bread. Cream and so, tea and, and bread? I've never heard yes, that before. Just, but after this, I'm going to ask you to I send know. me some of that. <laughs> All right. Listen, I felt so loved as a little girl. But then my great-grandmother died when I was 13 years old and my entire life changed. I don't know if adults really realize the impact that has on younger children. I think that they don't give consideration to the trauma that we experience when someone we love as when we're young passes away and, and we're not sure of how to handle the sadness and the depression and the void. And so with my great-grandmother dying at, when I was 13, It left me in a, I would call it no man's land because now there's no one that's really paying attention to me. There's nobody filling the void that mother had originally done with my life. All the love, the support, the nurturing, the the reading of stories, all of that stuff 
just essentially went away. And while I lived in a large family, I often felt alone. And so I started to act out. I started to become rebellious. I started to come home late from school. I started to <laughs> just be contrary. I actually ran away from home. And all of this was in a bid for attention from my family. You know, it was me saying, see me, I'm here. Pay attention to me, I'm here. But none of those things actually worked. As a matter of fact, I remember being told as a, as a young teenager that I would never amount to anything. Oh, no. Um, I remember being told that my life had, would have no value. I would not be able to land a good job. I would not be able to get a good man. All of these negative things were spoken over my life during those teenage years. And, you know, when I look back over my life, it may have been well-meaning to kind of scare me into conforming to better standards, but it didn't have that impact because for quite some time, I lived up to that negativity. I became what I was told that I would be. I, I, I came into that. And so at the age of 17, I remember saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to have a child. I'm just going to take control of my life. If I get pregnant and I have a child, I'll be an adult and nobody could say anything to me. And I'm going to show them what they're supposed to do with a child. This is the naive me not really understanding the full responsibility of having a child. And so at 18, I found myself as a teen mom. I had my daughter and it was such a struggle. It was a struggle to be the type of mom that I wanted to be for her because quite honestly, I didn't have the examples of what a nurturing parent should be, a loving parent should be. And so it was hit and miss for a long time and I became overwhelmed. I started to think that I needed support. I met a guy, got married to this guy for about six years in our marriage. I was beaten every Sunday. Sometimes I had a crossbow and arrow in my chest. I could wake up with a gun in my mouth. There were times when we went out, I couldn't speak to people because he was extremely jealous. And I'm just so grateful today that his life has changed. He is, he is transformed. He's a pastor now and he preaches in the church. So, you know, God works miracles. And so at that time in my life, he was a different person. And so I, I am the survivor of domestic abuse. I just want to share that prior to leaving that marriage, I remember vividly this Saturday, Christy, I, I cleaned the house from top to bottom. And as I cleaned the bathroom, the final room that I was cleaning that day, I remember looking around the bathroom and saying, wow, this bathroom is sparkling clean. But at the same time, I remember having this thought in my head. And the thought was, this is not the life that I wanted for myself. And I thought, why live? And so I walked out of the bathroom, down the long white corridor into the kitchen where I opened the white refrigerator, pulled out the orange juice, bright orange juice in the bottle I just bought from the grocery store that morning, walked back out of the kitchen, down the long corridor again, into the glistening bathroom where I sat in front of the toilet. Christy, I sat in front of the toilet because I equated my life to waste. And I thought that it was ironic that I would sit in front of the toilet bowl to take my life. I equated my life as nothing more than a something that receives waste. And so as I took the tablets out of the medicine cabinet, it's a bottle of white tablets. I took it out of the medicine cabinet and sat on the floor 
with the orange juice in one hand and the tablets in another hand, prepared to take my life. Now, I don't know what happened, but for some reason, I just happened to glance up. And when I glanced up, we had recess lighting in the bathroom. And so coming down out of the recess lighting were these rays. Now, I went to church as a little girl, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And I remember watching so many Christian movies that when I saw those rays, it reminded me of the Christian movies when after the rain and the storm, the clouds would break away and these rays would come shining through. And I said to myself, God is here with me. And I remembered that all things were supposed to work together for my good. And I also remembered that the plan for my life was to prosper me and not to harm me. So I made the courageous decision to get up off my bathroom floor to build a better life for me and my children. But I couldn't tell you how I was going to do that. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I had to do something to make a better life for my kids. Well, the day came when I left my marriage and it was actually on my birthday some 19 years ago. And I remember vividly my ex-husband had locked us in the house. I didn't have a key to my home. And so he'd locked us in the house, put on his cami jacket. And once he put that jacket on, Christy, I knew he was going for his gun. Because whenever he went for his gun, he would put on that cami jacket. And in that moment, I said to myself, I said, Quessa, you have to get out of here. And I remember taking the screen off the window and opening the window as wide as I could get that window open and pushing my, my six-year-old daughter out the window because she was the oldest child at that time. And following her, I put my son out. He was three years old at that time. And I somehow managed to get my size eight self through mm -hmm. that one bottom pane of the window where I went to the neighbor and asked the neighbor to take me to the police station. That was the very first time I reported the abuse to the, to the authorities. But it had been five years of torture every Sunday. And so I left the marriage that way. I went to my family home. They received me and I stayed there. When I went to work two days later, a business executive approached me and he said to me, say, hey, I've been watching you and you, you, you have so much potential. You're skilled. You have good work ethic. And I would like to mentor you. I'll tell you the truth, Christy. When he told me that, I was like, this is just another dude who want to enter me. Right. Because I was, you know, a little Coca-Cola shaped, bright skin girl, mm -hmm. little pretty little thing back in the day. And you know, guys would hit on me for all the wrong reasons. And I was like, why? This, this man just really wants some of my precious stuff. And then I said, girl, you at rock bottom. What's the worst thing that could happen? And so I said, yes. And that, Christy, was the best yes of my life. That business executive helped me to rebuild my life, helped me to heal my trauma, helped me to use the lessons of my past to build the future and that future is what I live today. He helped me to create a plan for my life, a plan that I could execute, a long-term plan. And everything that we planned out about 15 years ago has been manifested in my life today. And so wow. today I am the proud mother of a, a two adult children. I have a granddaughter. I'm married to a wonderful man. I get to use the experiences of my past to help other people as a result of my trauma in my young days. I birth transition mentoring program, a youth organization for kids. We offer every program free of charge 
for young children to develop self-esteem, personal character, to help them with social grace and social skills. The trauma that I endured in my first marriage, I used the lessons from that to help other women who are in traumatic situations or abusive situations and guide them from the darkness into the light, helping them through some of the things that they're going through because I understand it firsthand. And then I also get to be a corporate trainer specializing in customer service and leadership because that was my ultimate career to be a trainer and my mentor helped me to plot the way there. So I'm actually living the life that I really want to live today. And I'm a beacon in our community. I'm someone that people look up to. The person that was not supposed to be anyone is someone that is respected, that is valued, that listened to, not just in her community, but also by her family. And so that's my story. That is an absolutely amazing, amazing story. And you presented it perfectly, perfectly. My goodness, your life has created a path for you to stretch your destiny. Yeah. With all the hills and trials and good times and bad and all created to where you are today. So that is amazing. I do want to go back and... Just talk about your time with your grandmother and when she passed away in that area of void. And I know you work with these young women. And how many women or young women that you see are experiencing the same thing that you experienced before? They're, you know, loss of a parent, loss of a guardian or something like that. And they're lost in life and they tend to go the wrong way. I could totally see that. How do you transform these women and help them to get back on the right path? And let them know that, hey, you are worth something. You are worthy. You can do it. You can make a difference in your life. Well, today in our work, we actually work more with young women, young girls who have mothers in their lives, but their mothers are not affirming, are not loving, are not nurturing. Sometimes it's because they're busy working two Mm -hmm. jobs to make ends meet. Sometimes they're about their own lives because they're young and they still want to live their own lives. So some of the tools that we use include teaching them about their own values, about building characteristic traits that will help them to be successful. We teach them by using some of the principles in the John Maxwell Youth Certification Program that's designed to help them understand how choices impact their future. And so whatever you decide today is ultimately going to impact the way that you live tomorrow. So today, as you decide, look at all of the pros and cons, but also look five or 10 years down the road to see how today's decision will cost you in the future. So it's really about switching their mindsets on to think and to ask themselves questions to guide their decisions. If I take A, action, what will be the consequences today and what will be the consequences in the future? We also provide a safe space for them. And so we allow them to share, to talk about their experiences and we validate those experiences so that they feel heard and not judged. It's just amazing what listening will do. Sometimes they just want to be seen and heard. So we provide that space for them where we just listen. We also offer parenting classes to, to their moms or should they choose to come. It's not by force is all. You, you do have to want to do this. And so we offer an annual parenting class where we talk about how to connect with children, 
the language that they use, what they need to feel like they're valuable. So we address the root cause, which is the parent, as well as being reaffirming with the young ladies. We teach them etiquette. So we'll, we'll set the tables, we'll have meals, we'll teach them which fork to use. So they build skills that make them feel good about themselves. And we encourage them to find hobbies because Mm -hmm. when they find a hobby that they enjoy, that they can become an expert at, it builds their esteem as well. So it's just a lot of different angles that we take to support them. But we also work with boys as well. Wow. That is absolutely needed in any community because our young people are lost. I just remember myself, I was completely lost. It took me 20 something years to find out my path, to learn the hard way by myself and figure it out. And I think that's amazing that you have created an organization that opens the doors for all of these young women and and young men who have a place to go and learn these things. I knew that these are things that I should learn, but knowing where to go to find it with books, I was reading books or maybe talking to the wrong person or talking to the right person. Who do you believe? Who do you not believe? All these things that a lot of us don't have. And it's great that yes, you may have parents, but parents are busy. And for me, that's why I didn't have any children, because I, I believe that as a parent, you should be there to mentor and guide your children. And if yeah. I didn't have that opportunity, then I didn't have children in the world because I didn't want them to feel that way and be lost. But I'm that's glad so that you, responsible. you definitely have an organization that you've put together that is has everything from A to B or A to Z, everything that they yes. need, right? We, we really work hard. We do vision boards with them. Mm. as well. We help them set their goals short and long term. We even talk to them about sex. It's not a taboo subject. Many of them are playing around, involved in experimental, and they have the emotions and the feelings, and it's not a subject to be avoided. So we talk to them about the responsibilities of sex and the decisions that you make regarding your sacred spaces. That's right. right. Yeah, we do have those conversations as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I do want to go a little bit more forward to the trauma that you experience in this relationship, in this marriage. I can't even imagine having to endure something like that for five years and having small children. That makes you a strong, powerful woman. And that's why, probably why you're the strong, powerful woman you are today is because of what you went through, heaven forbid, that you had to go through that. But it has definitely led you to be able to give back and serve so many other people. So when you're going through that, how did you protect yourself? How did you protect your children? I I mean, having someone come at you like that and you having small children in the home, how has it affected them in their lives right now? Do they remember those times? Oh, they do. When I left, I actually got counseling for all of us. We, We saw a therapist together and we saw our therapists individually so that they can have an air to talk about their affairs and, you know, just kind of air it out and clear it out. My son, who was for my ex-husband, has an amazing relationship with his father now, right? Like he was, he was the youngest child. He was three. He hears me share the story and talk about transformation with his dad as well. But they have an amazing relationship because he's relationship because he is really a wonderful father. Oh, right? great, great! Um, That's good to hear. But you know, back then it was it was difficult. They they saw some of it at times, 
many times they didn't because by the time he came home on a Sunday evening or Sunday night, they were already asleep. And I did my best to be quiet during those times as well. And they and I have had many conversations about that type of behavior, the root of that type of behavior. And certainly with my son, getting him involved in male mentorship programs, getting him involved in some of the transition mentoring program initiatives as well, so that he has a model to follow different from what he saw at three years Mm -hmm. of age. Um, My daughter, we spend a lot of time now. We had a very tumultuous uh, relationship because I think it impacted her more than she was willing to say. I think that there was some animosity towards me for being in that environment. Even though she was six, she remembers it. So we had to do a whole lot more work to build our relationship and for her to understand that, you know, sometimes we mark time. Like I, I didn't know what to do. And I was in a situation where I was trying to survive. I wanted to be alive for my kids. I was in a situation where we were being provided for. All of our financial needs were being met. I was in a situation where we had a home. And so for me, it was some part of it was about making sure that my kids could be taken care of as well. But when their emotional and mental state came into question because of all what was happening, I knew that I needed to make a different decision. Right. Um, I thought that I was selfish for being subjected to that because of the kids. And I'll, I'll be straight up. I think that it was an excuse that I used to stay in the relationship for as long as I did because I didn't want to be seen as a failure. Like they had already told me that I wouldn't amount to anything, that I wouldn't have a good you know, husband. And so a lot of it was actually pride. I, I had to stay to prove to them that the things that they said were not true. And so we, we, you know, we often do that. We, we allow what will people say and we allow the decisions that we make to be guided by what we believe people will, will think. But when we do that, we give away our power. And Absolutely. that's exactly what I did. I gave away my power in that situation. So it took a lot of work. It took a lot of therapy. And then I didn't know as a mom, like I said, I didn't have the model. So I I had to go to parenting programs. I had to read books about parenting to become a different type of mom to them that was more nurturing and loving and that would pull them in and address their affairs. So we've all grown past what happened and uh, we're in a pretty good place now. One thing I see with you, Dequesa, is that you are a person that doesn't allow these things to affect you. You do the work over and above to make things right. We all have mistakes in our life. And a lot of women had the same, sim- very similar thoughts that you had. You know, they were in abusive relationships and, you know, the, the safety net, the security of having a home, benefits, whatever it may be, food on the table, not having to work. The p- kids are taken care of. We're in a very good school. And that allows them to stay in that abusive a- a relationship and also the things that other people are saying. But it takes a very strong woman like yourself to overcome that and to distance yourself from, hey, what other people think is what I need to do right, what I need to do right for me and my family for survival. And you did that. And I commend you so much for that and for the leaps that you've taken, not only to run away, but to make the effort to learn, to educate, to develop and 
to help so many people around the world is way over and beyond (laughs) just the average person in that situation, which you are now definitely helping other people as well. Other people are the women who have been in your, in your situation in a domestic dispute or domestic violence situation now can do the same things that you have done. They have the power and to know that they have the power within them to overcome and exceed and on a grander scale, not just move out, not just move out to mama's house for, you know, safety net and to start your life over to really create a legacy and a destiny in the world. Yes. You know, so you've done that. And again, I commend you that. And I commend your ex-husband for transforming himself. And we have a wonderful relationship now. Uh, he's married and his wife and I are pretty good friends. Are you? That's great. We are because we're co-parenting. It has to work because my kids are super important to me. So when he started dating and got engaged and got married, she became my family because she's touching my family. That is great. Now tell me a little bit more about your, your business. Your speaking business, your coaching, your training business. What kind of clients do you work with? And uh, how can people then find you? Thank you so much, Christy. I work with predominantly women. While I have had some male clients, I work predominantly with women between the ages of 25 and 60. I've even had clients older than 60. But these are women who have hit a plateau in their lives. They have done the best that they can and are uncertain of how to move forward. These are the women who are hungry for more, but are uncertain of the steps to take to get more. They know that their lives can be transformed. They know that they need to make better decisions or different decisions. They just don't know what those decisions are. And so I work with those type of clients, helping them to create a blueprint for their lives. And the blueprint is 10 to 15 years out because The bigger picture is what we reverse engineer. And so I have really helped them to go within themselves and to rediscover their dreams, Mm -hmm. rediscover their passions, and then create plans that will help them get from where they are to where they want to be. So, so far over the last three years, I've helped over 2,500 women create those sorts of plans. Many of them have opened businesses gotten promoted on their jobs, gotten married because they heal their own trauma and begin to see relationships differently as well. So it's a lot about mindset shift. So many people have training programs that are like six months and you're talking about a 10 to 15 year plan. And you know what? That's what we need. Five to 15 years ago, I'm a totally different person than I am today. And, you know, we can start with three months or six months, but it takes so much longer than that to make huge, real lasting transformations that's going to really carry us forward to creating a legacy of our own. So, wow. The the thought process that you have within your business, within your life is very planned and very strategic. Yes, it is. If we truly want to live purposeful lives, it can't be that we're taking random action day by day. It has to be that we have carefully plotted this out and we know that 15 years or 10 years from now, my big vision is this. And then we could get to year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. But you have to be so strategic at casting your vision 
that you, everything that you do now ties back into the bigger picture mm. and the bigger vision. So That's we right. can start with the smaller goals, but those goals have to roll up into something because they have to be taking you in the direction that you really want to go. And that is so true. And I'm happy that you're doing this for people. You're even doing this on a TV show, the Evolving Woman TV show and the Evolving Woman magazine. Now, who has a coaching, speaking, (laughs) mentorship, (laughs) TV show and a magazine all in one while raising amazing children and living her best life and living in the Bahamas next to the most beautiful ocean I've ever experienced in my life as well? That would be me with a great team. (laughs) I have a wonderful team of people that work with me in the youth organization. I have a wonderful set of people that work with me with the Evolving Women platform. I'm not a lone ranger. Yes, I guide, but I have teams that help me to execute the vision. Okay, awesome. I was wondering about that. I was worried about you. And wondering if you sleep. My goodness, there's a lot going on. But yes, having a team, a great, powerful team that's productive and also has your same vision definitely can make something like this happen. I can see that now. Absolutely. (laughs) For sure. For sure. All right. Well, Takasa, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you please give our listeners three tips, I guess, three tips to living, I guess, an evolving life? Absolutely. And so I want to encourage women, men, whoever is listening to this, to follow these three tips. The first tip is to take responsibility for your own life. Many times we sit in victimhood and think that life is happening to us. And for a time it is. And that's because we've given up our power. I want to challenge you to grab your power back and take responsibility. Taking responsibility means that we acknowledge the part that we play in whatever situation we're in and wherever, whatever place we are at in our lives. So take responsibility. It's no longer victimhood and move into being empowered and taking ownership of your life so that you could build the life that you really want. Nothing can happen without taking individual responsibility for decisions, for vision, for the trajectory of your life. And so that's my first tip. Take responsibility for your future. The second tip that I'd like to leave your view or your viewers with is to create the roadmap to doing the thing that you want to do. It's very similar to an architect creating a plan for the construction of a home. The architect creates the plan, the contractor executes the plan. So you are the architect of your own life. And that means that we must pause and create a plan. And that plan has to be so detailed just as the architect factors in the air conditioning, the plumbing, the foundation, the windows, where we want, what rooms, our plan has to factor in every aspect of our lives. What do I want in my relationships? What do I want in my career? What do I want in my finances? And this takes time. It's a painstaking activity. But once the contractor receives the blueprint, he can execute flawlessly. And even when the contractor hit some road bumps or there are some challenges, his, the plan can be tweaked. And that's just how we live out our plan. It's so detailed that when we hit a road bump, we can just tweak it, but we don't have to stop and become stagnant. So be sure before you take any action to sit down and 
create the roadmap to doing the things that you want to do in your life. And then the third thing I want to encourage you to do is to take action. Many times we do create our goals and our dreams. Many times we take responsibilities, um, responsibility for our lives. But a lot of times we don't take action. And the reason for that is because we face fears. And fears are false expectations appearing real. And so we have to take action. The best way to take action in your life is to break those goals down into micro goals, smaller steps that you can take. And when you begin to accomplish those smaller steps and you start ticking them off, you're going to build momentum within yourself because now you're seeing my dreams are absolutely possible. I can achieve this goal. I have what it takes, but it requires us to get in action, stay in action, fall down, get back up with the lesson and use the lesson to make the next attempt better. If you were to incorporate those things, take responsibility, create the roadmap, and then take action, take action. and stay in consistent action, then there will be great improvement in your life. Wow. Well, listeners, you have heard it. Get busy. Start doing these exact three things that Dequesta talked about and start working on evolving and transforming your life because you can do it. Again, Dequesta, I thank you so, so very much for being a guest on the BCNB Love podcast. And I look forward to seeing more of you. To end, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? I'm on social media, Dequesta Dean for everything. And my website is DequestaDean.com. And how do you so spell that, Dequesta? It's D U. Q-U-E-S-A-D-E-A-N.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so, so very much. It was a thank pleasure you. and so inspiring as well. Thank you so much, Christy. I You're enjoyed welcome. speaking with you. Absolutely great. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Be Seen, Beloved podcast. For more inspiring conversations, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already, Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me directly at beseenbelovedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.